I know you, you've been suppressing it long enough. Just don't let it out and praise his name. Amen. Praise God. John chapter 1, verses, verses 10 through 11. And if you will allow me, I want to read in your hearing today. I believe the text is on the screen. The Bible says he was in the world. And though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. Did you hear what I just read? The reason I am preaching this sermon today, I will tell you in advance, is because the Holy Spirit has concerned me that we are not sensitive to the moving of God's presence. There are times God is all around us and we do not even know he is at work. The Bible goes on to say in verse 11, it could be that right now God is trying to say something to somebody. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. May I read the next verse, if you don't mind? Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or of a husband's will, but born of God. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Our message entitled today is... Undercover God. An undercover God. This morning, I ask that you keep your Bibles handy as we utilize them today. I want to tell you from the outset what the message is all about, just in case you are physically unable to hang in here with me. I want to talk today particularly about the first advent of Christ. As I'm reading the Bible, I get real concerned because the Bible says that the first time Jesus came, the church was not ready, Zach, for his coming. Hear me today. That disturbs this preacher this morning because I know history repeats itself, Fred. And if one studies carefully the story of the birth of Christ, by the way, let me just tell you, all these nativity scenes drive me crazy. Uh, They're unbiblical. They just, if you want to watch something that is as close to scripture as possible, I strongly encourage you, my family watched it last night, watch the nativity, the nativity. And it was a movie that was produced uh, about five years ago. And it is, it, is, it is so biblical. And it gives you a real picture of the circumstances of which our Christ came into this world. There was no birthday party for him. There was no gifts and garland and Christmas trees and celebration. As a matter of fact, what bothers this preacher, and I felt led to preach this today, The Lord literally gave me this sermon this morning. In in most cases, that should concern someone. (laughs) 
Yeah, I, I had my mind made up on what I was going to say, but the Lord has given me this word early this morning and got up about three o'clock this morning. And the Lord said, preach this. The concern that the preacher has is I, I, I suspect that if the people in those days who had the Bible, who had the oracles of God, who knew God's plan, who had prophecy. And I'm going to show you in a minute. Their pro the prophecies they had about the coming of Christ were so detailed. The prophecies of Christ they had actually told them what his name would be, where, what address he would be born at, what he would be like when he grew up, what he would do. The prophecies were so specific. I'm just being honest with you. I'm looking at the Bible trying to figure out how in the world do you have explicit, clear Wilbur Rudd prophecy that says stuff like Violet Cox, he will be born in Bethlehem. Can I add to that? Then in Daniel, you've got the 69 and one week prophecy that literally tells you not only when he was to come, but also when he would die to the date. The people of God, stay with your boy right now, because because I'm, I'm, I'm feeling like we are not ready for the coming of Jesus the second time. I'm feeling that. I'm personally feeling that way because I'm saying to myself, if they, now come on, Sam, to work with your boy this morning. If they could miss, he came to his own and his own did not receive him. Isaiah 53 says that, that he had no comeliness. In other words, when he came, it threw them for a loop. A Corinthian says that, that Christ was a stumbling block. Work with your boy for a second. Hang in there, y'all. It almost seems like he purposely tricked them. They are looking for a king. To come and take care of business. To wage war. This is their mindset. And when Christ comes, he is a plump, giggling, drooling, bedwetting baby. Oh, come on in here. Don't be hard on them. Don't be hard on them. They missed it. And I'm not talking about a few folk. The great majority of the church of God, an entire nation, there were only six people that recognized the coming of Christ when he came. Six out of hundreds of thousands, yay millions, had no idea that Jesus had come. Can I talk about that today? I want to tell you how they missed him, and I want to draw parallels to find out from the people that actually were ready for his coming, how we will be ready for the Lord's coming the second time. Now, after yesterday, how many believe that the Lord is coming soon? Oh, we feel it now. Oh, yeah. Oh, he's coming. The Lord is on the way. All oh, those kids were shot. Now, I'm not trying to make light of it. Oh, but God is coming. He was coming before they got shot. And understand, this is personal to me because my cousin's daughter was at the school at the time of the shooting, but the Lord was merciful and her life was spared. So I'm not trying to be trite, but I'm trying to tell you that for many of us, when it, talk, when it comes to talking about coming, the coming of God the second time, this is a, we, are, we are always scared into being spiritual. 
But if you are motivated to be spiritual because you are afraid, you will not be spiritual. Now, there's a show that comes on called Undercover Boss. Yeah, I like the show. <laughs> Any bosses out there? <laughs> Listen, the show, y'all know what the show is about. It's about these big time executives who dress themselves down like the lowest workers in their corporations, Chick-fil-A, places like that. They dress themselves down and they disguise themselves as ordinary people to see how their business is running, to see how people get along, to see if goals and objectives are being met, to see if they have good employees that they need to reward. Anybody ever seen the show Undercover Boss? Good show, man. Love it. And for the most part, the show is very kind. They generally will show us people that have uh, that that generally will treat the boss nice and the boss is all humbled. You know, he's like Scrooge. You know, he's been a horrible boss. And then he realizes people are working under horrible conditions and, and he finally gets it. You know, you've seen that before. He's like, oh, man, I've got to do better. I've got to change some things. The show is very kind. But a lot of times we also see some folk that are horrible workers. And they are mistreating the co-worker that they think is their co-worker, but is really Sean, their boss. <laughs> Pink slips flying everywhere. Time to go. Problem is, is that they were not aware of their environment. And I just want to say this to some of us now. If you are a Christian, this is parenthetic. If God's telling me to tell somebody, if you are a Christian, you should be the most dutiful, the most faithful on, on your job. People ought to know that they can count on you more than anybody else in there. It should be said of you like it is said of Daniel that they could suffer no loss under him, that he was a man of integrity. I'm tired of hearing about Christians on the, on the workforce who, who have character issues. Next subject. Y'all late. Y'all shouldn't be late. Y'all taking sick and you ain't sick. Come on in here, somebody. <laughs> oh, but you got the days. All right, you can take them, do whatever you want. But you understand what I'm saying. And, and so it is, I, I see a parallel with our Lord because although God is more than a boss, he's God. When Jesus Christ came here, the word of God says that we literally have the CEO of the universe in our midst with us coming up as a baby through the canal of his mother's womb. <laughs> giggling and googling and gagaing and he is in fact the very king of the universe he was planted in the midst of the people that should have thrown a party for his for for mary knowing that she was pregnant with the christ but what we're about to see is that when christ came the first time the people of god had no knowledge. They were unprepared, Brother Joyce. They had no, they were, that when Jesus came, it was uneventful. It was as if he never showed up. How does this happen? Can we take a look at that this day? All right, here we go. I want to first look at six individuals that got it. How many did I say, everybody? Six individuals that got it. And I believe if we look at their lives, we'll figure out how we can get it. Come on, say amen in here. Problem is, is I think that there is a Laodicean lukewarm culture that God has convicted me that I have. In other words, my God, my God has been telling me, Edmonds, you're a hypocrite. You look better than you really are. Oh, he didn't say that to you. Okay. Your God talks to you real nice and stuff. Okay. 
My God, he, he's, he's real straightforward with me. He'll, he'll tell me, boy, shut up and stuff like that. That's how the Lord talks to me. And then out of the same voice, he'll say, but I love you. I mean, God deals with me very straight. And he said, Myron, he said, man, he says, you are not, he says, you're not living up to everything that I have given you. In other words, your potential, he says, your potential is here. He says, but you only take advantage of opportunities that are down here. He says, I have called you for more. He said, but you are dwelling down in mediocrity because you are lazy, lukewarm, fearful, full of unbelief. And you think that just because you know this, that and the other, that you somehow have an advantage at the coming of Christ. But yo, please, everybody here, right here. This is one of the probably the most important messages you ever hear in your life. What I am about to tell you is how to keep your butt out of hell. Now, understand this. If you are a believer... That means that you are very close to hell or very close to heaven. There is no middle ground. You are not in between. Because to whom much is given, much is required. And I have always thought that I have an advantage over people because I know about the Sabbath and I know who the beast is. I know who the false prophet is. I know what I know what the Antichrist is. I can dance in Revelation and I can get my groove on in Daniel. But understand this. If you are equipped with a lot of information and a lot of wisdom from God's word, then that means you are more accountable. That means God wants more out of your life. That means God wants you to do more for his kingdom. You cannot sit around in a mediocre Christian experience experience and simply come to church, hear sermons, go home, be nice, don't really kick up any dust, don't really make any radical moves for God, never step out on faith in anything, have the same dry, mundane relationship with God that is boring you to death to the extent that you're honest enough to admit today that I'm tired of myself. No, we're not talking about your miracle or prosperity coming your way. Get this, y'all. There is something more important than a blessing coming your way coming. And it is the day that the judge of the universe, King Jesus Christ, cracks through clouds of glory with terrible majesty. There is nothing else more important, raw comings, than when Jesus Christ comes through the clouds. Everything I do, everything I say, every move I make is in preparation for the coming of the Lord. Is there anybody excited that the Lord is coming? Let's look at them. First, here they are for your notes. Now, by the way, let me tell you this. All the people that were ready for Christ coming the first time, there's only six groups, really six people. I'm counting the wise men as a group, okay? So just say we had six people, right? The first thing that you need to understand about them is they were all the least likely candidates. Everybody hear me today. Hear what I am going to tell you today. This will save your soul from hell. I am telling you how to make sure that you are not lost when you think that you are going to be saved when Jesus comes back. Are you ready for your boy today? (laughs) Is that an important message? (laughs) Is that not something we should be discussing In the body of Christ? Now, why would I be saying this? I would not say it if everybody knew what the answer was. If we knew what the answer was, we would be doing it. Or could it be that we know what the answer is, but in in the face of our knowledge 
of knowing what we ought to be doing, we're still not doing it. Let me help you out. Let's go. First one is some young teenage parents called Mary and Joseph. First group. Second group, an old preacher and his wife who couldn't have children. Third person, the Magi, pagan, unbelieving wise men that came a thousand miles from their homeland just to spend one day in the presence of a baby. Next group, the shepherds broke down poor shepherds that spent all their time with animals. They got it. The last group, Simeon and Anna. All right, that's five, right? One, two, three, four, five. One, two, three, four, five. It should be five, not six. One more time. Here's the group, and I'm going to tell you why. You ready? The first group is, because I told you a few weeks ago, if you ain't taking notes during the sermon, I don't know how you figured that you're going to give it to somebody else, but that's a whole other story. Amen. You waiting for the CD. Okay, I got you. All right. Number one, the first group. You You got me? The first group, some teenage parents. All right. Second group, an old preacher and his barren wife. The third group, some pagans from the east who only follow the star. They took, a thousand, they, took, they took a thousand miles out of their schedule just to be with Jesus for one moment. The last two groups, some shepherds that probably were ignorant, could not read, that spent all their time with animals. They got it. And the last group, Simeon and Anna. Let's take a look at them. Number one, let's look at these young teenage parents. Go with me right now to Matthew chapter one. What book did I say, everybody? Matthew chapter 1. I want to show you right from the Bible what they had that many of us do not have. Are you ready for this? Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 25. All right? The Bible says this is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man, you got that? Circle that in your Bibles. He was righteous. Got it? Because he was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to the public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly, and I'm feeling him. Now, come on in here, fellas. A woman come up to you talking about I'm pregnant. By who? The Holy Spirit. Come on. Y'all so spiritual, man. Read the Bible. The man's wife came and he's engaged to be married. She comes to him and says, baby, I'm pregnant. Uh, I know we haven't done nothing because he's been walking righteous. Amen. Some of us, we wouldn't be able to, we wouldn't know, we wouldn't know one way, we wouldn't know one way or the other. Yeah, yeah. But Joseph was walking in holiness. Yeah. And and so Joseph knew he, he, he hadn't been there. He said, I ain't been there yet. He said, so you know what was supposed to happen to Mary? She's supposed to be stoned. She's supposed to be killed. Homegirl is pregnant. And then she's telling people it is the Holy Spirit that's the baby daddy. Now, me and my wife were talking about this yesterday. Now, this is why Joseph is righteous. Joseph is righteous because of how he treated his wife, even though he thought that she was wrong. So righteousness is not just a state of being. Righteousness makes me do good things. <laughs> So, so, so the Lord had to send an angel. This is what me and my wife said last night. He had to send an angel, John, to confirm to him that what was in his wife, Fred Bozeman, was from the Holy Spirit. 
Come on in here, somebody. It takes some kind of faith. If my wife comes to me and says I'm pregnant and then tells me that, I listen, I love the Lord. I love him. All my life I've served him. I want to do his will. But if your wife comes to you and says that she's got a baby and you know it's not yours and says it's the Holy Spirit, come on in here. The Bible says that God had to send an angel to say, chill out, dude. This is from the Holy Spirit. So the first, we have to look at Mary and Joseph. Why? Because number one, they were righteous because they had radical faith. It was absurd to live in that kind of infamy when other people did not believe. The Bible says he came to his arms, only received it not. He had to walk with his wife with the threat and fear that somebody would not believe their story that this woman was pregnant with the Christ that came from the Holy Ghost. But here's the point I want you to get. Righteous people take risky moves. Get that in your spirit. Don't tell me that you have faith and you haven't taken any risks lately. People that have faith do not stand in the same position. When God comes to them with something crazy to do, they are crazy enough to believe God and to do what God says, even if it looks nonsensical. Next group, an old preacher and his wife. Go to Luke chapter 1. Are y'all with me in here? How many of you are tired of getting what you're getting? Well, that, guess what? You got you to bust a move. Oh, y'all didn't hear what I You got to bust a move. Look, you cannot, you cannot grow if you keep repeating behavior. Anybody that works out knows what I'm talking about. You will not get stronger muscles if all you're using, fellas, is the same 45 or the same 45 over and over again. Eventually, you got to increase the weight. Eventually, you got to change up the workout because your muscles will begin to get used to what you've been doing. And the same thing is with our faith. You cannot simply just keep coming to church, enjoying yourself, going home, being nice, coming to church, going to church, being nice, going to church, being nice, trying harder, trying harder. If you don't do something radical, if you don't step outside of what you're comfortable with, if you don't come outside of your selfish comfort zone, you will not grow and you will miss the coming of the Lord. People that say to me that uh, I'm just not into change. I just want things to stay the way they are. I'm going to tell you right now, you are a candidate for hell's fire. People that are going to be saved are people who are constantly changing. They're constantly in development. They are constantly growing. They are con- they don't, you can't, y'all please, please hear me. You cannot stay still where you are. And the thing about it is you don't got to do nothing about trying to change yourself. You know why? Because the longer I live, the, the, the more I try to get closer to God, the more God keeps pushing me, putting, cha- is anybody hearing from God? Is God not challenging you to come out? Am I, t- who am I talking to? Am I talking to anybody out here? Well, if you don't know what I'm talking about, let me tell you, there will come a day in your walk with God where God will start. You'll say, God, I want to get closer. God, I want to grow. God, I want to be more faithful. God, I want to trust you. 
God, I want to believe in you. God, I want to see great things. God, I want you to take me further than I've ever gone before. And God says, just as I showed you last year, last week, are you ready for this? And you'll say, but God, I'm, wherever you wanted to take me, I'm ready to go there. And immediately, God will give you instructions to do something that is always outside of your level of comfort. He will always give you a challenge that's bigger than you. He will always give you a vision that's larger than you because you cannot grow in your faith if you are always repeating the same behaviors. God says, I'm coming to jack your life up. I'm coming to shift some things. I'm coming to make some things uncomfortable because I want your faith to increase. Can you imagine if Mary and Joseph, the angel came, comes to them and says, look, got this plan, got this vision for you. I want y'all to be the parents of God. First of all, I'm messed, I'm messed up on that first. Y'all forgive me. Wow. Wow. Oh my God. And they said, well, God, right now, we're not really interested in any changes. We're, we're, we're pretty much cool where we are. There may be somebody else out there that's interested in going to another level. But we're pretty much just at ease staying where we are. Or we say stupid stuff like this. I call it stupid because you're denying the next level that God has for you. You'll say stuff like, I'm not ready. Can I help you out with something? If God brings you to it, then God can bring you through it. The only thing that's not ready is your mindset. If, understand, if God presents you a challenge, that is an automatic suggestion to you that you are ready. Many of us are holding ourselves back from God because we're just too scared. Next, let me, get, let me go get with it. I got to run through this. And then, and then you, got, you got this old preacher and his wife. Go to Luke 1, 6 through 7. Look what it says here. Luke 1, 6 through 7. I'll start with verse 5. In the time of Herod, the king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. His wife, Elizabeth, was also a descendant of Aaron. So we're talking about people that's called, that they connected in the church, right? Verse 6, both of them were upright in the sight of God. Now, first of all, no, let me keep reading. Observing all the Lord's commandments and regulations blamelessly, but they had no children because Elizabeth was barren and they were both well along in years. The next category of people that you need to understand is God, people that are ready for the move of God are people who have problems, but who walk blamelessly. Yeah, just let me just, I just, if my name was in the Bible, I'm just being honest with you. I cannot see Myron and Blameless like in the same sentence. <laughs> These folk were on some whole kind of another level in their walk with God where not other people said it. Because it's easy for us to say, oh, man, Roscoe Fowler is blameless. He's so spiritual. I look up to him. Oh, Pastor Coxman, I admire the way he carries himself. It's easy for folk to say that. But when God calls you blameless and righteous and that you keep his commandments their walk with God was so awesome that God took note and called them blameless. Can I tell you why they were blameless? They weren't blameless just because of what they didn't do. It's because of what they did do. God said to them, you're going to have a son and his name is going to be John and he's going to prepare the way of the Lord. And naturally, Zechariah was like, but my wife cannot have children. And God says, because you did not believe me the first time, then I'm going to shut, I'm going to cause your tongue to cleave to the roof of your mouth so that you will not even be able to say nothing until the baby gets here. 
And you know what I believe? I believe God shut him up just like he's going to shut some of us up so that we don't talk ourselves out of the blessing. Boy, I ain't getting enough feeling in here today. Where my, where my 9 o'clock service at, boy? Boy, they was with me this morning. I don't know what's up with y'all. Help me, help me talk about this thing. Some of us will talk ourselves out of trusting God. God said, Zechariah, I'm going to shut your mouth. Well, the Bible says that after that happened, he believed. And that a son came to them. The second point I want to make is righteous and blameless people take risks. They believe God in the face of what seems to be impossible. People that are going to be ready. This is what you expected to hear. People that are going to be ready for the coming of the Lord are people who look at circumstances. They look at situations that look like it's not going to work out. It can't manifest itself. I don't got no money. I don't got a car. I don't got a man. I'm still sick. They look at their problems and they laugh at them. They say, ha, 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 ha. You little problem. Look how big my God is. I don't care what your problem says to you. A righteous person doesn't just not eat food that he's not supposed to eat. A righteous person doesn't just not steal and not lie and just good and don't bother nobody. But righteous people in the Bible are folk that take risks. They look at God in the face of their circumstance and they don't allow their circumstance to dictate who their God is. But they tell their circumstance that my God shall supply all of my need according to his riches and glory. You think you're spiritual because you come to church, but you never exercise any faith. I'm going to be real. There are some of us here. Come here. Come here. Come here. Everybody, come here. Come here. There are some of us here. Let's be real. We have never really in our lives had to exercise any faith. Some of us. Some of y'all had, had to go through some things. Where all, see, God is so funny because he will eliminate any other options you have. So you have no choice but to trust him. <laughs> I know what I'm talking about. Thank you, Jesus. God will, God will set things up in such a way where he will remove this, he will remove that. And see, it takes that. It takes that for many of us. You better listen to me here today. It takes that for many of us to trust God. Because if we have options, we'll choose our options before we choose our God. They looked at their circumstances. They trusted God. Next group. Wise men. There weren't three. Okay. Can, we, can y'all get with the brother today? I don't feel like y'all with me. There weren't three. Most scholars suggest there's like 30. Okay. So check this out now. I want to blow your mind. This is for all my church people that feel that they are good because they are here in church. And because they know stuff that other people don't know. This is for you. This third group of people were not even church people. Pray, pray, my sister. I'm feeling no connection here. There, There is, we're talking about wise men from the east. They are not Jews. They are not believers. They are astrologers. 
that study stars. They worship idols. They have many gods. What I'm about to tell you right now is you can learn some stuff from worldly people. <laughs> he wouldn't have put them in the Bible if we could learn nothing from them. We're talking about people in the Bible that don't go play that go to places that you don't go to. But if you be honest in here, um, come talk to your boy. For, come here, y'all. Listen, we are talking about pagan wise men. They didn't know anything about the Bible. They didn't know anything about God. All they saw was a star. Get this. This is mind blowing. They see a star. They've been studying a star. And then this. They pack up their stuff. And they did not walk around the corner and then find Jesus. They. Most scholars said it took them a year to get from the east to where the manger was. I don't have that kind of faith. A star. Let's go. These guys have families. They have families, Sean. They have lives. They have responsibilities. They packed up. When they got one revelation of God, when they saw an ounce of his presence, they packed up their stuff and they took off for a year until they found him. What? I'm sorry. I messed up on that. Oh, my goodness. Are you serious? They picked up everything. And can we blow our minds a little more? And they did all of this. The Bible does not say they stayed with Mary and Joseph for a week. He did not say that they replicated the year that they traveled to be a year with Jesus. They took a year to be in Jesus' presence for a moment. But they did not come empty-handed. Y'all know what I'm about to say. Because your pastor going to ride this horse. Auntie Ellen says, those that are serious about the coming of the Lord will be found in the prayer meetings. Now, let me just help you. These guys got on camels. <laughs> Dude, look, I have complained about cars I have <laughs> that I feel like are uncomfortable to drive in right. on paved highways. These guys get on camels travel through the desert and the elements. They stop their jobs. They pick up their families. And most scholars suggest they roll 30 to 40 deep looking for Jesus for one moment. And in America, we're in Africa. You do an evangelistic meeting there. People will walk five miles and they'll stay all night to hear the word of God. But in these United States of America, you got a V6, V8, four-cylinder, air-conditioned, oh, but you got a job, and, and, and you're so busy, and, and you're just tired, and, and you don't have time. Okay, I'm going to help you out right now. I'm just telling you now that that mindset of I can, only, I'm only, I can only do this much because I got all this going on is not the mindset that one has when they believe that Jesus is coming tomorrow. I promise you, 
if a gunman walked in here and it can happen and he began to open up fire in here and just start shooting people those that remained would have a prayer meeting the next day and the day after and anytime the doors of the church they'd have family worship they'd have devotion see that's the thing that God can't stand he can't stand when bad stuff happens and then all of a stuff we get 9-11 spiritual y'all remember 9-11 the planes hit the building and then everybody it was on a Tuesday wasn't it not and then everybody on Wednesday tell me I ain't lying they were at church because they were afraid that something was going to happen but God says I want you to be in my presence like the wise men they just wanted to be there they didn't have a reason they were just hungry they were thirsty they were desperate they needed God they said I'll take my whole life if I have to I'll travel a year if I have to I just want to be in the presence of a king I know I'm somebody but I know he's everybody let me just get in the presence of Jesus I know I got things to do but I gotta get where Jesus is I'm telling you now Lord woke me up this morning and said speak this word there is I look all over this place look at this look at all these people The preacher can draw them. Two services can draw them. Choirs can draw them. Concerts can draw them. Jesus can't draw them. There's got to be something special. Got to be something going on. It's got to be a praise team. Come on, talk to your boy in here. Come on in here, saints. I gotta have time and I gotta, I'm trying to, what I am telling you, when we look at those that were ready for Jesus to come the first time, we are looking at individuals that would do anything, climb any mountain just to be in his presence. There was a desperateness in them. There was a hunger in them for God. And that is the kind of spirit that is going to be ready for the second coming of our Lord. I got a game. The wise men teach us that there is no sacrifice. You're writing. There is no sacrifice too great to be where God is moving. Some of us see God moving and we don't get involved because we didn't start the move of God. Think about this. They had nothing to do with the Jews. And more than likely, I'll tell you right now. Your girl Ellen White says that when they came into the city, they said people recognized them because it was like this real austere group. Like, wow, look at them. Who are these folk? And so they were like, um, we've traveled a long way. Where's Jesus? I don't I, I, Ellen White said, that literally, she says people were indifferent. They were like, well, I, I don't know. Who are you? And they, and, they, and they keep going. They keep going to people. Yeah, where, was, yeah. where was the Christ? Yeah. <laughs> We've traveled, Sister Radney, yes. for a whole year to find him. We know he's here. That's all they want. Because the star let us hit. Where is he? Yeah. Now, 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 watch what she says. Mm -hmm. She says that when they got there, she says the people were indifferent and passing them off. Like, well, who are you? And, and, and who, I mean, with those rings on, who would you know? Look, look at the way you're dressed. And you're not even Jewish. You're not one of us. How? First of all, Jesus is not here. That's right. Come on. 
And, 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 if, and if he was, we would know first. And then she says they moved from indifference to contempt. So they moved then into the temple. When they went in the temple, they were discouraged because she, she says they were going through the motions and doing what they always had done. She says there was no power, BJ. The, the wise men sensed no power in the church. They said there was nothing. The people were just, they were bored. They were mundane. Folk were sleeping. Some folk were shouting. Some folks weren't. Some folks were passionate. Some folks weren't. Some folks spoke. Some folks didn't. It was just weird. And they said, do they not, is, is what, does anybody know what's about to go down? Does anybody know what is going on? I'm going to tell you right now. And I think this is a perfect setup for the next point I'm going to make. There are people who have walked in and out of your life who were looking for God, but they got discouraged because there was no power in your life to make them want to be connected with God. Now your boy's coming for you. I'm coming for you right now. It's time for us to live this thing. It is time for us to live this thing. One of the reasons why Ezekiel said, he says, if I don't warn the wicked man, he says their blood will be on my hands. There is blood all over this church. There is blood everywhere. There are people who have walked into our fellowship and because they looked like a bum and they were a bum. We treated them like a bum and, and we told them to get out like they were bums. But do you realize that Jesus said, he says that if you've done it unto the least of these, my brethren, you've done it unto me. Jesus is an undercover boss and he's coming in and out of our churches. He is walking in and out of our homes. He is coming in and out of our fellowships. But because of our attitudes and the way we act and what we got going on in our lives, people are discouraged. And you know what they did? They came in the church and they left. Watch this. And they found him on their own. Last group. Last group. Ooh. Last group. Here it is. Now go to Luke. This is Simeon and Anna. Luke 2. All right. Luke 2. Verse, uh, let's see here. 21. By the way, just real simple about the shepherds. You know why the shepherds are in this too? Because when they heard that Jesus was coming, they went and told everybody. What I should have told you at this point was that people that are going to be ready for Jesus to come are people who are trying to keep people from going to hell. You cannot not be a witness and think that you are going to make it when he comes. You are trying to, to then sell something to somebody that you don't even believe in. You don't believe in the product. A person, one of the things I know for sure, you know that you are in love with Jesus or anybody when you can't help but talk about them. I'm amazed people say, well, my, 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 that's not my, my ministry is not to witness. <laughs> like, well, what, what, what do you do? What, what, what are you doing? What, I mean, what, what, I, the Lord didn't call me to talk. I don't like people. 
God, help us. What? What, 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 what are you, what are you, what? Are you, what? Huh? For real? <laughs> Next. Simeon and Anna, all right? Check it out. Verse 2, chapter 2, verse 21. The Bible says, uh, rather 41, excuse me, chapter 2, verse 41. The Bible says, every year his parents went to Jerusalem for the feast of the Passover. When he was 12 years old, they went up to the feast according to the custom. After the feast was over, while his parents were returning home, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but they were unaware of it. I'm sorry, back up. I read the wrong verse. Verse 21, on the eighth day, when it was time to circumcise him, he was named Jesus, the name the angel had given him before he had conceived. Now, I want you to go to verse 25. Now, there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon. What is his name, everybody? Who was a righteous and devout man. Same terminology we've heard for everybody. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit was upon him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Moved by the Spirit. The second thing is, people that are ready for the coming of Jesus are not only looking for him, but they are moved and filled with the Holy Spirit. Look at your girl Anna. Same thing said about her. Go on down to verse 36. There was also a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage and then was a widow until she was 84. Watch this, y'all. She never left the temple but worshipped night and day, fasting and praying, coming to them at the very moment she gave thanks to God. Watch this now. The reason why they were ready is because they were looking and waiting for Jesus. They were looking for Jesus. So much so that the Bible says of them that they were full of the spirit of God, that they were seeking God in fasting and in prayer and in worship. Are y'all hearing me here today? Understand this. People that are ready for the coming of God are people who are sealed by the work of the Holy Spirit. I thank God for this brother, Dennis Smith. Man, he has opened up my eyes to some stuff. You cannot be a good person unless you have the Holy Spirit. You can't do anything I said in this message unless the Spirit of God is working in your life. And one of the things I learned about the Spirit of God is when the Spirit of God comes in your life, the very first thing he does is not make you shout. He don't make you dance. He don't cause you to speak in tongues. He tells you about your sin. He tells you about who you are. He tells you how you need to grow. He tells you what you need to change. He tells you how you need to become more like Christ. The Bible says he will convince the world of sin and of righteousness. Feel your boy today. Have you got the Holy Ghost? Fire in your bones. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Nobody has to pump and pry you about your God. You're fired up about Jesus. I don't know about you, man, but you know, Christians, I'm, I'm done. Christians, Christians, man. Christians should be the most enthusiastic, excited, passionate, hungry. I mean, if there's anybody in this world that, that we should feed off of, get inspiration from, it ought to be people who know who Jesus is. And not who know who he is, but believe that he's on his way. That he's coming back to get me. I suspect, though, that we're not just dying 
Many of us are dead. If you are going to be ready for the coming of the Lord, you got to be hungry for God. Your righteousness has to exceed that of the Pharisees and get to the place where you're willing to step out in faith and do what God... I know what I'm talking about. There are people in here right now where God has told you to do some stuff and, and you have not done it. Move Holy Spirit. Move Holy Spirit. I need people to pray right now. I, I can't think of anything else I can preach that's more important than being ready for Jesus to come. Then not getting ready, but when he comes, I'm ready to see him. I just showed you in scripture that the majority of people are not going to be ready and, and, and mainly church people. Anybody bothered by that today? Anybody concerned about that by that? Understand what I'm saying? We're saying that he came to a nation of believers and out of those believers, they not only did not believe him, they killed him. I'm about to talk to you. Here it is. 